It's all hands on deck. And we all add to and build the story up. But that kind of environment needed to be purposely designed. It's just not like I said, oh, let's just all collaborate like Pixar and it's going to go really, really well because it's the Pixar method. No, that had to be, (laughs) I had to be purposeful and intentional on how that worked, right? We're able to get on Skype, do exactly that and produce these kinds of stories. It's almost as if we have an assembly line on how to curate that kind of energy synergy and collaboration. Very weird, but very special at the same time to be able to do that because not I've been on teams, you've been on teams that haven't been able to collaborate. You have to build that environment that will abolish all that nonsense if you're going to be in a creative setting like this. This is why infrastructure is so important. Hey guys, welcome back to the Arclight Podcast with your hosts, Ed Williams and Brent Lyles of Arclight Comics. We're back from sabbatical. We didn't tell anybody we were going on sabbatical. <laughs> Episode 35, we forgot. Not good. Apologies, sorry about that. Whoopsie. <laughs> so our bad. Um, we're actually... Well, we're back from sabbatical as in terms of the episode, but as we're recording... We're actually on sabbatical. Hopefully, I didn't lose anybody right there. We, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's been a good sabbatical so far. It really has. I, I can't complain. I've gotten a lot of clarity, and I've been getting a lot of rest so far as we're gearing up to produce our prequel issue. So proud of you, too. You, I, you're uh, binge-watching, too, some shows, playing some catch-up finally. <sighs> don't be... Don't be be proud that I'm resting and <laughs> it's not okay, binge watching Netflix. <laughs> it's okay binge when it's on Sabato, you can do it. Comes, right. Because I, I just caught up with Jessica Jones to finish all that. Started on Voltron. Started on a lot of stuff people kept talking about over the past couple months. And it's like, no, I haven't watched it yet. And it's like, what do you mean you haven't watched it? No, I haven't watched it yet. I just don't, I don't have the time. I'm working. with jessica jones and daredevil and things like that those require like your time you literally have to sit in front of the tv and watch those things you can't just like work and like keep them on the background because you'll miss everything so that was enjoyable can't complain i'm proud of you complain yes so you want you want to just jump right in sure let's do it Last week, we started this really epic six-part series on what it takes to start an indie comic book company, right? Right. Kind of talking about and sharing my playbook um, over the last five years, building Arclight and breaking down the different parts that really have gotten Arclight to where it's at right now. So last week, we talked about part one, finding a need and crafting a vision, talking about the importance of pinpointing a need within the market. And once you identify a need, you've identified a market. 
And once you've identified a market, you've let, you know established your audience. Everybody's always, I don't know where my audience is. Where have you found a need? <laughs> you know? And mm-hmm. then we talked about vision. And you need a way to deliver that need to that audience. And vision is what gives you direction on how to deliver that need. So we talked about the need I had identified and the vision that's going to deliver it with Arclight. And we broke down those elements and gave you some insights and tangible takeaways on how to do your own. Now, that episode is now in our backlog and access to that episode requires a subscription to the backlog. Get the subscription. I guarantee you won't be disappointed at all. It's amazing. So today we're actually going to break down this word I've talked about for a very long time. And that's infrastructure. Infrastructure. (laughs) I've said this so many times, so many, many times, (laughs) like starting with like episode one. Um, And now we have an entire episode dedicated to it. So here we go. We're going to dive into this topic and drill down. It's going to be fun. Trust me. A lot lot of information getting ready to come in. So this is definitely worth the repeat because you might miss some things. So. When I talk about infrastructure, I'm talking about the culture of your company. There's an 80-20 rule applied here. Think of this as weight distribution, okay? 80% of infrastructure is going to be invested into the culture of your company. The remaining 20% is going to benefit from that 80%. So that 20% of the rule is your actual intellectual property talking about your characters, your universe, your world, etc. Now, I know the people out there asking, you know, but Ed, shouldn't you start building your ideas first? You know, why is a focus on culture more important than the actual IP? And I'll say this to you. Do you, do you buy appliances before you've broken ground on your house before you've built it first? Or do you break ground, then buy appliances? Hopefully the, hopefully the latter. Hopefully you don't, you're not throwing a stove and refrigerator and a sink on dirt and expecting them to work. <laughs> That'll be offering. Right. You have to break ground first, and then you set up the foundation. And once the foundation is set, the framework goes up. Then your electricity and your gas and your other utilities are ran throughout the house. Then you get drywall. Then things start taking form, and before you know it, you build a house, you know. But you build a house first, then you furnish it. Because the house gives purpose for the furnishings to be there in the first place. And the same thing can be said for in any comic business. You have to build the playground before you get to play in it. You have to establish rules to the playground so when others come in, the playground can stand on its own and not crumble under bureaucratic politics, egos, arrogance, negativity, and people who like to be in control of things all the time. You know, (laughs) there was nothing, or rather, there is nothing worse than going to recess as a kid and having the bullies claim their territory in certain parts of the playground where all things were off limits. That created limitations. Limitations stifle creativity and imagination. 
And even though the playground might be full of swing slides, shoots, and, and, and ladders and jungle gyms, if the people you bring into it feel as though they're limited to just one thing, half of one thing, or nothing at all, you're building an environment, a culture, and a business that isn't going to last very long. And focusing on infrastructure in terms of culture gives your company a solid foundation to the environment and ecosystem of how creativity and business, uh, collaboration and criticism within your organization are going to function within it. If that is not solid, if that is not established or given weight or priority, no matter how great your characters and stories are, when you start putting a team together, the bottom of all that hard work is going to give and everything you built will shatter with it. I've seen it time and time again. Well said. You know, I wanted to note, I really highlighted that you pointed out these rule aspects and it is 80% of culture. You know, when I read over the outline for a couple of days, I was looking at it and I never heard of the 80-20 rule before. And I started thinking about how it could really apply to comics. And it really does. It is all about part of the cultural aspect. You have to build almost like a safe haven. Mm-hmm. And I, when I think about it from you know my standpoint and what I do for my career as an addiction counselor with running groups, I have to build kind of 80% of the culture within the group. I have to make sure there's established rules in it. So it kind of goes into not just comics, but almost like uh, any type of business. And it's amazing how... I love this aspect of what you do, Ed, is you take the business aspect and then you really spin it into comics. And it really is about 80% of the culture and what we are developing with Arclight is our Arclight culture mm-hmm. of being able to trust each other, know what rules and establishing what our characters in our universe is. So that way there's this level of creativity and imagination that can flourish and not have, like you said, limitations on it. Right, right. Infrastructure is creating something others may use and create value out of. This is infrastructure. <laughs> creating something others may use and create value out of. Case in point, Jack Kirby, uh, the boys who created Superman, uh, Joe and Jerry, Dwayne McDuffie, Stan Lee. Infrastructure was built timeless infrastructure at that. These were pathmakers who were driven by a strong sense of legacy. And now others are using and creating value out of what they've built all these years later. You can also look at George Lucas and Steve Jobs, architects of impeccable infrastructure, including our favorite Pixar Animation Studios. I'm going to take you back to part one of the series. Now, I had identified the need for more heroes of color in the comic industry. That was Arclight's identification of the need within the market. We wanted to deliver stories that were going to help inspire, uplift, and bring hope back into the superhero genre. But you just can't say that. You have to have a vision for it and a direction on how to get there. So... Our vision is stated as such is to be the Pixar comics and Pixar stories, right? They help us, they inspire us, they uplift us, and they give us hope. To get to even a fraction of what Pixar has created, I know I had to build the infrastructure for it. Can't say to be the Pixar comics and be like, oh, let me just kind of wing it. 
You know, <laughs> you don't do that. Pixar has built an incredible creative and collaborative playground culture and environment. They have forged together art and business as a single entity, right? And that functions without hiccup. As far as we know, we are not privy to the internal affairs mm-hmm. of Pixar. I've read Creativity Incorporated by Ed Catmull, who is Pixar's president. And in that book, he talks about how much work it took to get Pixar to where they're at now, how in tune he had to be, how much trial and error took place. But the bottom line was, in order for Pixar to continue producing the same caliber of storytelling and and film magic, the culture had to come first all the time. The environment to creatively collaborate and somehow manufacture creativity just didn't come off the hills of, you know, coming up with Toy Story, A Bug's Life, and Finding Nemo. Those ideas, those stories, those characters, and those worlds, all of it comes out of the culture and the environment designed and established by Pixar's leadership. It was purposeful and intentional. He says this every chapter. We had to pay attention to what the culture was. We had to look at how our employees were. We had to look at, you know, who was getting burned out, um, open streams of communication, the leadership structure, this is that and the other. He like he drills down in this book. It's an awesome book, Creativity Incorporated. Get it if, if you are in a leadership position. Go get that book. But, um, you know, I knew, like without a shadow of a doubt, that if Arclight was going to get to that point, I had to do the same thing. I knew if we were going to bring more realism into our stories, it required a certain environment so politics, religion, race, et cetera, wouldn't tear us apart from the inside out because those can get some some pretty deep, violent topics on the internet, right? <laughs> Just a tad. Just a tad, you know? <laughs> um, so we had to have rules and we had to have a working system in place in order to create stories and characters that would go above and beyond the normal cut of what was already out there. And because we took the time to establish and build our infrastructure, here we are today. Exciting times, my friend. Exciting times for us. <laughs> and I love it because I, I, I feel um, just energized by it, knowing that we're learning and we're growing and we get to witness firsthand the evolution of Arclight Comics this mechanism that we created with the infrastructure just keeps involving the culture and stuff that's in place. And then the creativity and the imagination is just, ah, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. I I just, it's such a great experience. And this is what is all about forging what we're we're talking about uh, with its legacy. Mm. And I'll say that, you know, the roles that we do play in uh, allow each of us, as you stated, the freedom of creativity and imagination. Mm-hmm. And this is a, such a unique thing that we do as a collaboration of the team. And this is mostly due to the research that you have done with Steve Jobs, as well as the Pixar team and applying that collaboration between a team effort with letting mm-hmm. go of the egos where everyone has an honest opinion and has value. And I love that so much because we continue to validate each other, even in our meetings as we present concepts and they evolved. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the infrastructure that you establish and, you know, myself and other members reinforce. 
And when you reinforce that, you know, the culture aspect, then it becomes a safe environment. And like mm-hmm. you said, we can talk about religion freely. We can talk about race. And even though we have different viewpoints, because me and Ed had different viewpoints when it comes to politics and probably different aspects, we're able to do it in a safe environment knowing that we're doing it for the best of the story and the characters. And instead of being like, oh, no, 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 I don't want that representation within it. It's like, oh, okay, we'll do that because that side needs to be represented and that side needs to be represented as well. And again, like you said, it's all part of the infrastructure of being able to play in that. And that's what makes your inner child come out. Because at the end of the day, we're just playing and then we're growing. We're just having fun. Mm-hmm. And that's when true business is able to grow. Right, right. I always say. Because to me, it doesn't feel like work. Our no, it does not feel like work. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> I always say if we have a, a disagreeing viewpoints on anything concerning race, politics, religion, whatever, I always say we're not here to hash out our own opinions. Let the characters do it within the story if necessary. Let them battle it out and then let that challenge our own viewpoints because that then it's not you and me. It's them. And we the outside right. looking in, looking at both perspectives and mm-hmm. biases and, and seeing what that does to our own. I've all I've, I've said that since the beginning. <laughs> Way have. back in 2011, I, I established that. And it's, it's worked out so far. You know, um, one of the characters Gabby's bringing in is uh, could be highly controversial, you know. Right. But we already know, depending on what character it is, there are going to be different viewpoints. And those viewpoints are going to be expressed and told within the story to challenge your own. You know, it goes back to the need. This is a beautiful thing. You wait until we get to part three of this, dealing with characters and stories. You see how, why the need and the vision is so very important before you start anything else. Because it just, it, it naturally grows into the other areas of all this whole six-part series. So it, it, it'll come together. It may seem like, okay, where are you going to get to talk about characters and stories? Trust me on this. <laughs> Trust me. So let's talk about the power infrastructure and how it deals with your universe, right? So we established long ago that we were going to tell the kinds of stories that we're telling now. But in order to do that, I knew we'd have to collaborate. Our stories don't come from just one person. We don't have a traditional production process like you may have heard or been involved in with the industry. It's all hands on deck. And we all add to and build the story up. But that kind of environment needed to be purposely designed. It's just not like I said, oh, let's just all collaborate like Pixar. and It's going to go really, really well because it's the Pixar method. No, that had to be. <laughs> I had to be purposeful and intentional on how that worked, right? And once I found the technique and style of collaboration to implement, known as plussing, that was the start of that process. That was implemented when we started. You and the rest of the team, Brent, are coming in after four years of developing that technique with others. And, you know, I got it all fine-tuned now. Like, (laughs) it works now, clearly. But... We're able to get on Skype, do exactly that, and produce these kinds of stories. It's almost as if we have an assembly line on how to curate that kind of energy, synergy, and collaboration. Well, son. Very weird, but very special at the same time to be able to do that. Because not 
I've been on teams. You've been on teams that haven't been able to collaborate. People get in their feelings. They get offended. Cannot take constructive criticism. Ego's getting away. Want to beat you down. Ego's getting in the way. Right. You have to build that environment that will abolish all that nonsense. If you're going to be in a creative setting like this, this is why infrastructure is so important. If 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 we weren't, if I didn't do what I had to do, the mini issue we would have just stuck to the simple routine of you know what the industry. I mean, what the industry does is work. I'm not coming out on the industry at all. But I wanted to try something different. I wanted to to create stories together with the whole team and see how that worked. And it's worked out beautifully so far. For those of you who don't know, every issue after issue number two has been developed from by the whole entire team. And they're beautiful. So it's true. Um, but you know, what what's even more special about it is that because I knew we'd be creating those kinds of stories, we had to have characters to tell those stories with. Now I'm getting into why, you know, cultural infrastructure is so important and, and why. I waited at 80%. We had to build a universe that would give us the permission to tell those kinds of stories. So now we're talking about like universal infrastructure. We weren't going for ultra escapism. We didn't want to design a world where aliens were the threat, like the main big bad and this is that and the other. But humanity and all of its evils and wrongdoings were. We had to capture the essence of the human element and condition, and we had to you know, highlight that we were oftentimes our worst enemy and demise of our entire race. Humanity can be very evil. And that you don't need otherworldly aliens to, to add a big threat to the universe when we do just a fine job creating global terrorism on our own without any aliens coming onto Earth, especially in America. <laughs> This is infrastructure, universal infrastructure. Build your house, building the framework and the foundation. Because once you define the roles and elements of your playground, again, you create an environment that's not only fun to play in, but allows you to play with purpose and direction. You're not going all over the place. Without infrastructure, without knowing where you're going, what kind of stories you want to tell and the environment needed to cultivate those things, you're going to find yourself and your team building in multiple directions. And that's not going to work. Tried it already with Paradigm Studio. See, I hope people don't think I'm just like making this up as I speak. I've been in these situations before to know that they don't work. <laughs> been there, you know? <laughs> You have to choose one direction and focus. Can't have a split focus with your team. Two people going this way, two people going that way, three people going the other direction. That's not going to work. You're pulling yourselves apart. You are stronger when you are together. Same goes with your focus. So infrastructure allows you to focus. Our infrastructure allows us to say that we create superheroes and stories you can relate to, superheroes and stories with purpose. We fold in realism, politics, and social commentary into our brand of escapism. Our scaffolding holds itself up tenaciously in place when we continue to build and grow in this direction, too. You have to look at um, projects like Kamikaze. 
you know, I, I talked with their team at Harold's Con in Charlotte this couple months ago, um, and listening to their story and their history, I, I know they've done this. You can see it. You can see the development of, of, of their, their IP. Um, their infrastructure is in place. You know, they know who they are and what they're about. Their world is clearly, clearly defined. And there are rules established to the Kamikaze universe and their team's infrastructure. You just don't, you aren't able to, they told me that their, their, their uh, comic pages were in such a low resolution they couldn't take it to print and the lettering was already done. So they had to redo all the lettering all over again to get it to a higher resolution. You, you trust me that only happens when you take the time to build your infrastructure. When you have a team that you can say, Hey, all hands on deck, call to arms. This is, this is like a priority. Number one, Code red, and then it's able to be executed on and reproduced at an amazing rate and at an an amazing level of quality. Serious stuff. (laughs) It is. And I believe this is what separates the novice creator and creators, the team, and a professional creator and creator teams. And why I mean the difference between novice and professional is just a novelist and just going with an old systematic with no, like we said, infrastructure. Everyone's just doesn't know. They know what the roles are, but there's no collaboration. We're from our standpoint. And what I mean by professionalism is collaborating. Everyone knows their, their part. They almost play. uh, They almost know the anatomy that they play within the body. Like you're the head, I'm, you know, I could be the arms, Gabby could be the legs, Mm -hmm. Tim could be the hands. Everyone knows Mm -hmm. their place and knows when everything comes together, that's where the unity is from and we operate as one unit. Right. And then when Ed does his whole, hey, let's make a, let's make a first E guy over the weekend and it's going to be due uh, (laughs) next Thursday, I need all hands on deck. Guess what ends up happening? We all end up doing it. <laughs> but that that was established, and that's a perfect example of infrastructure and culture. We were able to do it and uh, get the hustle and ground. And it's not just being a hobbyist. This is where it gets into the professional of what you want to do with your company and your comic. And this is where your dream's going to happen with creating, let's say, that one issue that you want of that one comic book or the story that you want to tell. And what Ed is really saying and what I'm really enforcing is you need the infrastructure. You have to have the foundation of it. And it shifts the creative gifts from the novice of what I was saying to the professional. It allows you to heighten the creativity and allows you to advance your tools to be able to be efficient at what you're good at. And again, it starts with the foundation of what you want to create. Soulful characters. And that's what's such a, a beautiful thing and why we respect Pixar so much. And I wanted to know as well, uh, Pixar has 22 rules in their system that they play with from a crave wise in their, their toolbox and what they follow. And it's amazing. And I feel so excited that last Friday in our meeting that uh, we were able to semi-establish our own rules now and i'm so excited of how that's going to develop with our character process 
and what we're going to be able to release with Unleash the Soul. And I'm just right. telling you, people don't, they just don't know it. What's coming, Ned? I'm just so excited. <laughs> Even like last Friday, like just like writing stuff down, hearing it in the system in place, because it's unique to us. And that's part of the character creation of the Arcoid culture. And that's what you said. You have to find that. You have to find your culture and your infrastructure to allow you to play in. Those are really great points. I want to highlight to make sure everybody is just up to date. You have your cultural company, cultural infrastructure, and your universal infrastructure. As I said, our need was more heroes of color, wanted to tell more stories that inspired, that helped, that healed, that you know motivated people. So that required a universe that would allow those types of characters and stories to be born within it. If your need is wanting to bring fun and humor and lightheartedness back to comics, your universal setup is going to be much different than Arclight's. You're going to maybe create go for the ultra escapism. You're going to go for aliens and other races to be the threat and not necessarily things that we deal with humanly. You know? All right. I, I just want to make that point because I don't want everybody thinking they need, they need to do that level of a need and uh, universal structure. Mm -mm. You, your, your need can be anything that you identify uh, within the industry that's lacking. Giving you some more, uh, <laughs> some more value from episode one or part one. If, like I said, if your if your need is to just want to bring back fun and humor in the comics, your universal structure is going to be different. But then your cultural structure has to also play off of that. You know, you gotta you gotta leave politics and things and religion and things out of the conversation. If you are going to bring those in, if you are going to be real with one another in that team setting, you have to give those things rules. So that the your your main goal to produce that first issue, that first graphic novel, whatever it is, is preserved and is kept. It's about getting to the finish line. It's not about finding the need and the vision and establishing infrastructure and creating stories and characters. That's part of the, the, the steps getting to the finish line. The, the, when you, you're crossing the finish line is getting that first book out. And once you do that, that's when all this matters. That's when all this has, you, you will see how purposeful all this is. But you have to pay attention to these steps, okay? So let's talk about how you start building your own infrastructure. For starters, you have to go back to the first episode in this series and be sure the need you have identified has a market. And by that, I'm saying there is a need for more heroes of color. There's a market wide open for more black, Asian, female, Samoan, whatever have you, superheroes out there. The numbers show, the statistics show. <laughs> From the Netflix series to the movies to who's buying what issues, they're out there. Okay? That's what we're talking about with market. Then craft a vision on how to deliver that. So if you're going to, if your need is that, you know, bring more fun and, and happiness to comics, you have to have a plan on how to get that to that market, to that audience. The need we identified was creating better representation of the world we live in in comics. That's Arclight's. Talking about diversity and reputation, you know, um, again, our vision on how to deliver that need was to become the Pixar comic, comics, creating timeless, memorable, and entertaining stories and characters that would inspire for generations to come. 
there's more to that behind the scenes. We really got to break down our vision and stuff. Um, but anyway, the infrastructure required to do this was to cultivate a collaborative environment that wouldn't impede, stifle, or limit creativity or the people brought into it. That was very important. This required studying, a lot of researching, and, and performing my own due diligence on Pixar. So if you wanted to build the next image comics, reverse engineer that. What does your infrastructure need to look like? You need to establish a system and process for submissions, right? You need to establish a standard for excellence and quality. What will you accept? What won't you accept? You need to identify how you're going to handle copyrights and trademarks. Is your image comics going to be a free-for-all? Free for all? Um, or are you building something more niche? A superhero-only version, a sci-fi-only version, an Afro- Afrofuturism only version, you know, these are the, these are the things I'm talking about with infrastructure. You have to build the house and the foundation before you get the play in it. <laughs> then you need to research best practices, methodologies, and theories, but don't just kind of like take them and, and throw them into your infrastructure and, oh, I got all my stuff. No, find a way that makes them work for you because even though being the Pixar of comics is our vision. We are not Pixar at all. <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> that would be an insult to Pixar. We are Arclight. We are an incredibly small, unknown indie comic startup. Who and what Pixar is today doesn't scale to our reality. That would be insane. That would be senseless on my part and irresponsible, really to try to take the gargantuan Goliath that is Pixar and fit it into our David everyday arc light. <laughs> I like how I did that. I got to pat myself on the back for that. That was good. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so again, it just doesn't scale. Like I studied the principles and foundations of Pixar's infrastructure and adapted those to arc light. Some things have worked, others have not. You can't hold on to everything just because it's, you want to be something, you know, like something or whatever the case. We've had to fill in the gaps along the way, but research was still required to get where we're at today. I'm talking books, I'm talking YouTube videos. I have read uh, Harvard reports and, and, and essays and analysis on Pixar's culture. I have scrapped every single piece of information on Plessing and Disney's culture and, and here, there, and everywhere. That's all I did for what, what almost felt like a year, which is building infrastructure and learning, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to get into that habit of doing the same thing. You do. And I'll say this. In your vision... You don't have to be the next or become something that already exists. Be original as you can, but study those who have come before you. See what has worked, what will work, and what doesn't work, and what can be improved on and move on from there. We just, our, our, our phrasing is to be the Pixar comics because it just nails it. You, you instantly just get what that, what that is, <laughs> you know? So that's what works for us. 
for you, you may not want to be the next or to be to be the, become somebody else. You know, you may want to do something entirely original, but that doesn't exclude you, or that doesn't mean that you don't have resources or other businesses or organizations to look at and study. Figure out what has worked for them, incorporate that into your own, and make it work along the way. Okay. Then you have to define the infrastructure of your universe. What kind of stories are you going to tell? Figure that out. They should coincide with the need and the vision. You can't say we're going to, we're going to do, uh, there's a need for more heroes of color, and then I put out an all-white cast of, of males. <laughs> that doesn't work. You know, you can't say there's a need to make comics more fun, cheerful and upbeat. And you put out something along the lines of the Dark Knight or the Nolan universe. Everything should fall in line with that need. Again, you have is your responsibility to identify that need, get that need to your market through your vision. Okay. If you're going to go the way of ultra escapism. Your universe is going to be set up differently than ours. I said it already. Your universe will require exploring aliens and other worlds. You know, there are things out there that already do this. You got to figure out how to do it your way and and make it better. Um, We handle supervillains differently. There is no cheetah for our Braxton like there is for Wonder Woman or Sinestro for Riot like there is for Hal Jordan doesn't work like that. That dynamic is very hard to come by in our universe. I have tried very, very hard to replicate that. It just doesn't happen. There has to be a, a it all falls on the strength of the story. Would, would, would somebody in our universe really go after this one person all like that? What is the vendetta? <laughs> it's just not there because it's just the superhero villain dynamic that we're familiar with in the genre. It, that dynamic just doesn't, it's, like I said, it's very, very hard to come by. You know, it's like whenever I hear somebody say I'm developing a supervillain for Braxton, I'm like, why? <laughs> is it, is it, you, have to, you have to play off the strength of the story because it, it, it has to naturally, organically come out of something. You know, not saying that it won't ever be a dynamic like that. It's just it isn't as easy to, to, to do the whole superhero arch nemesis thing within the Arclight universe. You won't find that right at the start of the story as we, you know, put out the prequel issue in the, in the graphic novels. But again, like I said, that dynamic is very hard to come by in our universe. It's, it's more than just a pairing of opposites of good and evil. Once you've just answered these questions and sat on them and thought about them and set all of this up, it's time to start developing your story and your characters. And that's what we're going to dive into in part three of this series, because those become so much more than what you may actually be perceiving them as. This is part three is going to be what I what I think is is is, is an eye opener for a lot of people on how to treat their stories and characters in terms of what it really takes to start an indie comic book company. You know, I liked a lot of the points that you were bringing up. One of them was, I'm sure for the listeners that have always heard me reinforce is the research. You stated that you researched for over a year and that's how you improve. I like it. This was new for me as well, you know, with reading the outline uh, with it. And I, it took me about probably two to three days to process it. Mm-hmm. 
because I'm still learning with this aspect with myself. And as I said, we're continuing to grow and, uh, learn and grow. And this is something that Ed's been implementing. And also we're actually, when we write this stuff down, I think that's when you kind of have those aha moments. You're like, oh, because that's what happened with the, the meeting is when I was hearing you guys talking back and forth and I was taking notes and I was like, wait a second, Psh, this is the Unleashed the Soul right here. Like <laughs> right. the whole entire time here we uh, are spending like a thousand pages writing our soul on everything, <laughs> data collecting and the whole entire time we've been doing it every freaking Friday right. and it's that simple. <laughs> It rolled right off the tongue too, like A B C one two three. It was almost like Just, an aha moment. It's like what? Seriously? Right, right. <laughs> Give me your quote. Give me your quote. The quote for this week is: A company's culture is the foundation for future innovation. An entrepreneur's job is to build the foundation. This is by Brian Chesky from Airbnb. Nice. Very true. You have to, this is, uh, I forget whether you're part four or five talking about leadership. If you're heading the operation up for your project, if you are the visionary, if you are the one that said, hey, come on, let's do this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull you and you and you and you and you. We're going to create this thing. This is your job. <laughs> Can't be anybody else's. If you have the vision, you have to execute on the vision. And this requires infrastructure building the infrastructure don't get so quick to want to do the stories and the characters i know we say story comes first and it does but in order to give yourself the foundation and the platform to stand on to get to that point of being printed and published you have to build this thing but the rule of the game is to get it to the finish line whatever your vision is the big vision Small finish line is getting that first issue out. The final, the boss level of the game is fulfilling that vision. And infrastructure is the platform and the foundation, that runway that you use to run to that bigger finish line. Without it, very, very, very hard. You're setting yourself up for a lot of disappointment. A lot of disappointment. The bottom will fall out eventually. So you wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. Go for it. Oh, boy. Good episode. Great episode. Definitely. So, Ed, where can they reach us at, my friend? ArcLightComics.com. Whole lot going on there. Um, subscription. Yeah. <laughs> Like I was waiting for it. I was like, oh. Right. I was trying to think of this. If the community the community may be out by then. Um, so <laughs> arclightcomics.com to check out what you know what, what else is coming up and, and updates and things like that. So, Brett, where can people go to reach you personally? You'll be so proud of me, Ed. I simplified things uh, from a professional standpoint. You can reach me at Brent, B-R-E-N-T, dot Lyles, L-Y-L-E-S, at Instagram. Well, there we go. <laughs> there we Keep go. Simple, and for me, first and last name. Right, right, right. And if you want to reach me, you can catch me on Instagram stories. There you go. I'm, try, I'm trying, to get, trying to get Brent and Tim and Gabby and everybody else, the whole team, to do Instagram stories from that one account. 
Oh, that's gonna be fun. It is gonna be fun. I was I experimenting a little bit on my channel. I was recording like a storm as my wife was like, What are you doing? You're driving a hurricane while you're recording. <laughs> Everybody likes to like either they won't talk to the camera. They'll either pictures of their food or working out. They'll they'll show themselves running on the treadmill or something else really, really weird driving the car with music, but they won't talk. <laughs> don't know what it is but whatever so let's get out of here um thank y'all so very very much for tuning in again part two of this series we'll be back next thursday with part three y'all have an amazing day even more blessed week and we will see y'all next thursday have a good one see ya bye bye bye